0: talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend, it's the Brotherly Love Podcast. Philadelphia fans, boo. We do it better than anybody else, I'd like to think, and I wear it like a badge of honor. How can we judge a
1: guy? How can we honestly assess his quarterback play when he's just given some of the most terrible weapons the NFL has ever seen? Here are your
0: hosts. This is one of the more disappointing outcomes for a Philadelphia sports team in the last decade.
1: It's John Mita. But Ben Simmons, my God, learn how to shoot.
0: It is the Brotherly Love Podcast on Anchor.fm and a variety of your podcast platforms. Joe O'Donnell, John Mita, and it is time for the much-anticipated NFL draft. And always one of my favorite episodes when Johnny Mita A.K. Johnny Waynes, gets to break it down for us, give us all of his sleepers, all of his picks, and get mad at Howie about 48 hours from now when he screws it all up. Johnny Meade, how are you?
1: Doing well, Joe, doing well. Just getting a little nervous. I mean, I, I'm not even the one making these picks, but there's all this chatter around. I mean, there's so much, so much fodder and stuff going on as far as people throwing scenarios out there. Do you trade up? Do you trade down? Who's targeting this guy? So... As a draft geek like I am myself, um, I, I mean, this is this is like Christmas morning for me. Coming I start, I started Again. getting
0: excited the other morning. I was listening to, uh, it was Ray Dittinger's mock draft. And mm-hmm. I was, um, and then I don't know if I was listening then maybe to Marks and Reese the following day or what, but I was just starting to get some of that, you know, the excitement, like, uh, I don't want to say the anxiety, but like, you know, who are they going to take? Who's going to be there? And now I know inevitably I'm going to be I'm gonna be pissed off. Um, I know inevitably yeah. that I'm going to watch the Cowboys and the Giants and they're going to make picks, and I'm like, oh, man, I wish we had that guy. And then it's going to be the Eagles turn on the clock, and God, let's just hope. It just better be a name that I know. You know what I mean? Like, that's how I usually yeah. go into it. I've told you this before. Like, if Todd McShay or Mel Kuyper, if they're, like, scratching their head over the pick, I'm definitely not on board. But I know like a handful of guys, right? I've got five or six guys targeted that I think the Eagles should be looking at from everything I've heard. Um, Hopefully will take from everything I've heard. And if they don't go with one of those guys, I'm going to give you something right now, John Mita. If they take an edge rusher, if they take a defensive lineman in the first round, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it.
1: But they've, they've done it. This is the crazy thing. And just to inform people. The Philadelphia Eagles. Since Jeffrey Lurie has purchased the Philadelphia Eagles, they have drafted an offensive lineman, twenty or defensive lineman, twenty out of twenty-seven drafts. Could that be the reason why?
0: In the first round. Beat,
1: in the first round, twenty out of twenty-seven picks since he's owned the franchise. How crazy is that?
0: Well, I mean, it's I think I think we're starting to figure out that who's really been running the show this whole time.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: So, and listen, I have no problem with an offensive lineman because you got to protect the quarterback. Sure. I don't like the the Brandon Graham pick. Um, and I know he panned out, but it took a while, and many in Philadelphia, yep. myself included, were dr- labeling him a bust or you know overvalued and picked too high, and you know, and we've had uh, we've had countless. You know, Fletcher Cox worked out, Lane Johnson worked out. But in between, we've had a lot of swings and misses, you know? Yeah. And I would love, you know, Jerome McDougall or who, I, like, I would love, I would love for the Eagles to get this right. And if it has to be an offensive lineman, I'm fine with that. So let me just, I, I want to get this out of the way because you're the here, one, you're the ahead. one I want to listen to here. Well,
1: I don't know about Give that. me
0: an Alabama wide receiver or uh-huh. one of the top two. Corners or offensive linemen. So, that basically has Sertan or J.C. Horn, Waddle or Smith as far as receivers go, or the top two linemen by many are Penny Sewell and Rashawn Slater, right? So, those six players, one of the two Alabama receivers, one of the two corners I just named, or one of the two linemen, those guys are widely considered near the top of their position, and that's what I want. I either want an Alabama wide receiver, I want a top two corner, or I want a top two lineman, as ninety-nine percent of the draft experts and the pundits consider them to be. That's what I want. I don't want an edge rusher. I don't want it. And I don't want to trade I don't want to trade out. I don't want to trade out. I don't want to trade up. If the only the only trade I want to hear come out of Goodell's mouth is if the Eagles are moving back up into the first round to make another selection, which you have said multiple podcasts ago you'd like to see them do. Or I'll allow for a trade back into the second round on Friday after they've already made their second round pick. So the only time, here, here's what I'm looking at. No edge rusher. I, I'll, go, I'll go bananas if the first round pick is an edge rusher. I, I labeled out the six guys I'd consider in the first round. And the only trade scenario that I will, like, absorb and handle well without having my blood boil is if they move back in for another second-round pick or back in for another first-round pick. And other than that, you can save your trades. We slid down six picks to get 14 seventh-rounders in, you know, the next decade worth of drafts. Like, I don't want it. I don't want any of that garbage. Make your picks when you're on the clock and give me an impact player in round one. Floor is yours.
1: That's it. I love it. I love where your head's at. Um, we're kind of very, very similar on the same page. Um, listen, I, I need playmakers. Okay, I, I need somebody that's going to either make a play for me on offense, be a difference maker, or somebody that's going to be a playmaker on defense. And you know, you've you hit on it. Um, as far as receivers go, you probably can't go wrong with either one of them. But I think this team desperately needs a corner. So. Patrick Sertan is the guy that I really want because the proof is in the pudding. He's played against great competition throughout his career at the SEC. He's got the bloodline; His father was a terrific cornerback in the NFL, knows how to play the position. So I'm on board with that there. The question is, and again, the fact that sucks, the fact is that we're behind Dallas and the giants and they also need corners and they also need receivers and, we are kind of in the similar boat. Now, Dallas doesn't really need a receiver, but you can definitely see them taking a cornerback. So the question is, are the Eagles going to have to move up from 12 to get in that 8-9 to nine range? Carolina's willing to trade down. Detroit maybe even willing to trade down. But, again, I don't go in Denver's in the 9-hole. So you either got to get Carolina's pick at 8 or Denver's pick at 9 to probably move up and get Sertan. If he's not there, then I'd probably look at J.C. Horn. He's the second-best corner in the draft. Caleb Farley, who was probably the, well, going into it, was the number one corner in the draft. Then he had a microdisonomy back surgery, and then he's got ACL tear from years ago. So picking him in the first round at 12 wouldn't it be the worst thing. It would probably be good value. The only problem is with the injury history, we did that with Sidney Jones, and we also how well that worked out. The guy that you're referring to as far as the edge rusher, that all the other reports have now recently surfaced, that the Eagles are completely in love with there's a guy by the name of you're gonna love this name and so will Philadelphia. Quiddy Pay. So no quitty pay here because I again, he's a Brandon Graham, you know, prototype, very similar. He's probably faster than Brandon Graham, probably a little more athletic. But I'm with you. Receiver corner, Slater, the tackle, I'd be okay with that. Um there's also talk that the Eagles could move back again. Let's say Sertan is basically scooped up within the first couple picks, like between Dallas and the Giants, do they then move back to New England's take? Because maybe Justin Fields or one of the quarterbacks falls, and New England's in desperate times to get a franchise type quarterback. So do they move back from 12 to 15? I've also heard more chatter that there's a team in the top 20 between 20 and 31 that is in the possibility of moving back as well where they want to move up in the first round if one of the quarterbacks slides. So there's a bunch of possibilities, but we need playmakers. And honest to God, the perfect case scenario for me is, for some reason, Sertan finds a way to slip. You can get him at 12, and then you trade back into the first round. You use your 36 pick and maybe a future first-rounder from the following year, and you get back into the first round and you pick up the thumper middle linebacker that I've been pining for, and you're going to have to get up to the mid-20s to get him between 20 and 25, Zavon Collins. If you walked away with this draft and you got Zavon Collins and Patrick Sertan, and then you draft the wide receiver in the third round, and there's, there's guys out there that you could take a look at. Um, I mean, Nico, or, uh, Nico Collins from Michigan could be one of those guys in the third or fourth round you could steal. But... That's kind of where I am. But I need—I think you got to focus on one side of the ball. As much as I'm going to get Jalen Hurts, a playmaker, I think all the playmakers. But I'd be okay with Devontae Smith. Everyone hates on this guy. The guy's been productive. He's small. He's this, he's that. But if you just put on the tape and you just look at the gifts and what this guy can do, I'd be okay with that. I'm, I'm a bigger proponent of taking Devontae Smith over Waddle. However, some people say that Jalen Waddle is going to be a better pro. I beg to differ. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens, and so that's kind of where I am. All but right. Well, I, let,
0: I, let's 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 stay with the receiver thought for a moment, okay? Sure. Sure. I know you thought a lot of of Devonta Smith, and you were thinking a, lo- a little bit about Marvin Harrison and those comparisons, yep. right? That's fair. Yeah. Yep. Maybe an Isaac 30. Bruce type possession but savvy, you know, somebody you can rely on. Where Waddle may be a little bit more of a game breaker. Sure. Let's go back to a couple years ago when I texted you, Uh, I want this Jamar Chase guy. Yeah. And you're like, he's not draft eligible yet. And then COVID hits two months later. The kid opts out. He hasn't played a football game since. I was referring back to the national championship game from a couple years ago with LSU where Joey Burrow was on fire and Jamar Chase was a beast. So, I went from being yep. on the Jamar Chase train to watching this year's national championship game and being like, damn, at number six, I want the Heisman winner. Give me Devontae Smith. This guy is a beast. Now the measurables yep. come out and he weighs what I weigh yeah. within 10 sure. pounds, which is scary. Yep. But uh-huh. I'm like, Darren Sproles wasn't massive, you know? He was he was yeah. my height. Now he might have been way stockier and a different sure. position, But you can survive in the NFL if you know how to. And with a, we hope, a real strength and conditioning program, not that Alabama doesn't have one of those, but we hope that the Eagles could keep this guy in tip-top shape, give him the tools he needs to maybe put on some weight, whatever. He is a guy that is polished. He's a winner. And boy, when the bright lights were on, did he perform at his best. All yeah. those things I mean, for, all those things are hard for me to look past despite his measurables, right? Like, okay, he might be a yeah. little undersized, a little bit lighter than a lot of us thought he would, but did it hinder his college career? Not a chance. He was he was a beast. So if Devontae Smith's right. the guy, that's who Ray Dittinger said he wants. That's who Ray Dittinger it, thinks he'll take. If nice. Devontae Smith is the pick, your thoughts. I am I'm, I'm
1: totally on board with it, man. I'm totally because you just look at the guy's production, man. He's put 1,800 yards, like 100 receptions, like in college, like, and he had, what, 22, 23 touchdowns, and you only play like 11, 12 games. That means he's getting like two touchdowns a game. And I think he's the type of guy, like if you watch him play, he's a he's an unbelievable route runner. He, he drops nothing, okay? He is fantastic hands. And the thing is, he doesn't take the unnecessary shots. Look at the greatest show on turf, turf right? You had Isaac Bruce, Tory Holt. What did they do, right? They did their 12-yard post pattern, and what did they do? They just got to the ground, right? They didn't take the unnecessary kill shots from And I think he's that heady. And I've seen him take shots, and he still gets up. I mean, listen, in the national championship game, man, the, that guy had, what, eight receptions, 150 yards, and three touchdowns. And like a and half. That was, yeah. And that was halftime. And then he didn't play because he messed up his finger. I mean, if that's the pick, I'm on board with it. And almost how he looks like a damn genius for getting him, you know, getting back. And I, I can't believe I'm even uttering these words. Yeah. But if they were able to get Devontae Smith to pick up an extra first round pick for next year, you would say that he did pretty well. Yep. Just with those two things. Again, we'll see how it pans out. Right. I think another, when you're talking measurables, too, you also got to be careful. There's guys that blew up the combine that were absolute freaks, and then get to the NFL level, and we're we're just average at best. A guy that well, look, you got to think him. the
0: game. You know, you yeah, got to think yeah. the game. Devontae Smith played in as as much of a pro program as it gets at Alabama, where he, uh, every day right. in practice he's going against the best players in the country. Yeah. Every every game he's going against some of the best competition in the country. He thinks the game. He knows the game. You don't have to teach him the game. Right? Some guys fly well, well, off the chart in the combine, but they're dumb as rocks.
1: Yeah, well, and and, and that's it, Joe. You look at, and there was a great thing that I heard from Steve Sarkisian, who was Alabama's offensive yep. coordinator. Now he's moved on to the University of Texas. He said, Devontae Smith is like having another coach on the field. He's the type of guy that can tell you where everyone is playing on defense, how to attack it. It seems like the kid is very well-versed and I think that's just going to lead to success. And again, another guy you want to talk about, measurables. look at a guy like Jared Allen, the great pass rusher that played for the Vikings for so many years, and then he ended up in Kansas City. Dude, this guy had nine reps, between 9 and 11 reps at 225 pounds, okay? The guy has over 100 sacks in the National Football League and is nominated to be a Pro Football Hall of Famer. So if you really want to look at measurables and intangibles, look at a guy like that. The guy that overcame and dominated in the league. So I think it's very viable that this kid could do the same.
0: I think in your prime, you could have put up between 9 and 11 reps on 225.
1: Shit. Yeah, I was never a good fender. I wish I could say it. <laughs> but, but thank you. But no. But all yeah, right. I mean, if Let, Ray Dittinger's on the pick, I, I, I like it.
0: All right. I have, yeah. uh, let's stay there for one second. Some more. Uh, I heard sure. Daniel Jeremiah on this week. Um, he said there's a lot of offensive tackle depth in this draft Uh and not a lot of big receivers. Uh Um, I'm just, some of the notes that, you know, I took while he was being interviewed this week. Um, He also said that the second day wide receivers aren't as good as in years past, meaning second round, third round. Um, So in his opinion, again, there's a lot of offensive tackle depth. Not a lot of big receivers, right? After Jamar Chase, you know, Waddle's a little bigger, but Smith is smaller, and some of these second- and third-day guys are projected second- and third-day receivers. You know, they're not as good as in years past, and they're not overly big. So if you're trying to play Chip Kelly's big people, beat-up little people in the wide receiver realm, there's not many of them. Uh, he said that Sertan and Horn, the two top corners, are almost equal. Like, he, it was that close for him, and uh-huh. he said that, you know, again, what something I just touched on. He noted that those two guys play against the best every single day in practice and games, and that should go a long way. Uh, anything to digest there from some thoughts from Daniel Jeremiah with the NFL Network on uh, sort of how this draft looks.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I would totally agree with him. So like if you're trying to get a playmaker if a receiver is your position, then you probably gotta take one within the first or second round. There's another good receiver coming out of L S U that they might look at maybe in the second round at that thirty six pick if they decide to go defense. Um but I, I agree. But um another thing is too, Joe, like if you look at this in later rounds, like I think this team desperately needs another good running back. Yep. And I'm targeting the guy that I absolutely love and he's got another great name. People are going to love this. Um, um, Love this name is Chuba Hubbard from Oklahoma state. And if people haven't seen this guy, he's got good size. He's like six, six feet. He's been around for a little bit. I mean, and he's got terrific stats throughout his college career. I mean, he's just been an absolute monster. So, I like him. He's 6 feet, 208 pounds. I mean, career-wise, I mean, he's been over 3,000 yards, over 36 touchdowns in his career. He would be a great pairing with Miles Sanders. So look for him in the fourth or fifth round. I think he could be a steal for
0: the birds. All right, well, let's get the Johnny Meade official prediction then, and then I got one more thing I want to throw your way on the draft. Give me... Give me, you know, the first four or That's five the, picks for the birds. If if you know aren't there aren't a lot of trades, everything works out perfectly in John Mead's world. Who are they taking and when?
1: Okay, so they get Sertan. They move up. They find a way to move back. Oh. And they'll get no, no, all right. No, at twelve they they'll get Horn or Sertan as okay. well. One of them's going to be there. Um, again, Smith. Now thirty six. If they go Devontae Smith and 36, I really like them to look at Asani Samuel's kid, Asani Samuel Jr. at 36.
0: All right. So if, they, seven, go cor- if they go corner round yeah. one, yeah. who's the round two pick?
1: Who is the round two pick? Um, that is a fantastic question. They'll probably go past rusher. I look at a guy like Greg Roussel from Miami. At 36, I think he still could be around there.
0: And if they go receiver in the first round, you think in the second round you'd like Asante Samuel Jr.?
1: Yes, yeah, correct.
0: All right, yeah. give, a, give us a quick scouting report yeah. on a former Eagles son.
1: Well, I mean, again, the one thing that he kind of does extremely better than his father, he's kind of physical. He does tackle mm-hmm. well. Um, measurable, he's pretty similar in height and weight, like that 5'11", 6' range. Um but, you know, has very good ball skills, can track it. And, you know, he's again, he, he has the pedigree. you got to love these guys that have fathers that have played in the league because yep. they know what the pressures are, and, and I love that. So I, I'd be totally on board with him. Like I said before, you know, my dream scenario was for the Eagles to get, like, a guy like Chase or Devontae Smith or Kyle Pitts, you know, get back into the first round, get Zavon Collins in that 20 range, and then get Asante Samuel Jr. Then you can get three starters for your football team, and I think you're hitting a home run with this draft. So we'll see how he does. I mean, they have a lot of ammunition, Joe. They have 11 picks in this draft, so they can move back in, and God knows what they're going to do.
0: Exactly. So, exactly. That's the best way to put and, it. And, God knows. And, and, <laughs> if
1: I, and, and, again, and again, listen, if both Horn, let's just say both Horn and Sir Tanner going, yep. and Michael Parsons, the middle linebacker from Penn State, is still on the board. Then that's somebody I would draft because okay. because I think that'd be great value if you get a guy like that at fifteen. I mean, he is special. He is special. So
0: so if they we'll slid back, if they slid back a few picks, you're fine with with Parsons
1: totally fine with parsons and i think it would be a steal all but right. we all know this this team loves the draft line
0: give us give us a couple of guys in the third fourth maybe fifth round you mentioned hubbard the running back that john Meade is keeping sure, his yeah. eyes on
1: yeah another guy is another linebacker um um is uh, a guy he's, he's a little light but he, he's an incredibly productive linebacker from north carolina i look at a guy like chad surratt um you could see him go in the third round in that 70 range um or I guess it's second round or early third rounds, but um, between he's another linebacker, another linebacker from from Missouri. Uh, his name is Nick Bolton or Jabril Cox from LSU. So I think the targets are going to be linebacker, wide receiver, and corner. Again, they could slip in a tackle, and so th- there's plenty of tackle depth. So. I mean that's like again, I think they're gonna be okay on the offensive line. I think they need to go all playmakers and difference makers. So, so. you
0: you'd run it back on the offensive line hoping that Lane Johnson is healthy, my sure. continues to and develop, like, and you right. and, and you'd you say still, give me playmakers on both sides of the football and screw the line.
1: Yeah. That's what I say. Well yeah. they don't listen, they <laughs>
0: haven't created enough turnovers for how many years now?
1: Right. <laughs> on defense. Exactly.
0: And, yep. and in large part, would they have one from a cornerback position all year and it was Slay in the last game? Exactly. Yep. So, and, yep. and we all know the linebackers. Like, if we had to watch Nate Jerry and, or Gary, whatever the hell his last name is, and if we yeah, had to watch yeah. him run around any longer, I was going to I was gonna uh, stop yeah, watching football.
1: Yeah. Well, the, the, the receiver to keep your eye on, if we go corner, is his name is Terrace Marshall Jr. from LSU. So he's a guy that kind of played a lot because Jamar Chase set out, and he had a pretty productive college career. So I could definitely see the Eagles taking him in that 36 spot if they definitely go corner in the second in the first round.
0: Okay. So we'll- Johnny, I have one more thought on the draft I wanted to run your way. This was last night. I was starting to get hyped sure. up again. And yeah. So I don't know if this is accurate, but I heard this on the radio the other day. The last five drafts, as far as starters go for the football team, not the Washington football team, the Eagles. <laughs> starters from the last five drafts that the Eagles have gotten are Isaac Sayamalo and Carson Wentz. And now Wentz is gone. So the last five drafts, you've gotten two starters. And one of them's basically a swing offensive lineman we're not even sure about, really. At, at some point, this is a trend, right? Like, we've seen this now. So I got a couple of things I want to throw at you. Let's just say for the sake of argument, there's the quote-unquote Eagles way. Right? That's whatever philosophies and methods and the selection process that they've been using, multiple head coaches, different scouts, different personnel guys, and they still can't get it right or hit a home run. That's the Eagles way. Then there's let's try a different approach, a more logical approach, a more standard approach, uh, a more passes-the-eyeball-test type of approach, Right, what the football guy in the room would do. There's that, there's that line of thinking. But we've seen the Eagles way. Should we be worried, John Mita? Should the brotherly love podcast listeners be worried that Jeff and Howie Jowey. or, or Jowie, whatever you want to call him, and the Harvard guy, that nerd, uh, should we yeah. be worried that the three of them want another kick at the can their way, not the logical way, not the eyeball test, not the best player available way, but the smartest guy in the room. This is how we do it. We can figure it out. Way should we be worried that Thursday night, Friday, and Saturday, the Eagles trying outsmart everybody again?
1: Yes, yeah, one hundred percent. Because I know, I know, I hate it. Like, like, listen, like, like, take last year for example, right? I'm, you know, down, stuck down in Florida, watching the draft. We're doing like a remote draft party. Justin Jefferson's in there. I'm like, finally, they can rewrite the ship. They can just make moves. And boom, the pick is in, Jalen Rieger. And I wanted to break my television. Man, yeah, yeah. Then, and the second round, I'm like, all right, they can rewrite the ship again. There's a safety on the board. Let it be Jeremy Chin. Come on, Jeremy Chin. And they're like, and the Eagles have, you know, select Jalen Hurts again. Another break the television moment.
0: Yo, we got we did that. an emergency podcast immediately after Hertz was picked. Yeah. Immediately.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I
0: We've mean, never done that before.
1: I it's it's just I just don't want to be disappointed. You know, I think it's very obvious there's some can't miss players here and you have to get this right. If you screw this draft up and next year's draft up, okay, just seeing another Super Bowl. Or they even attempt to get the one in the next 10 years. That's how bad this is. You know? Yeah. And it'd be interesting, too. The other thing is to keep in mind there could be some names on the Eagles right now that are on the move in this round.
0: Yeah. A Zach guy Ertz. like
1: Zach, Zach Ertz. You know, does he become a sweetener to, to get back into rounds two or three with some other deal? Uh, if you look at a guy like Andre Diller, seems like they've already written him off the list. Does somebody take a shot on to see? And maybe they can get him to perform at left tackle. So that'll be interesting as well. But, again, I'm just trying not to get my hopes up. I don't want to be disappointed. But when you trade from the 6th to the 12th spot, yep, and like, and that was the biggest thing. And just like you said, Joe, you made a brilliant point on the podcast three weeks ago. They didn't have to make that move until draft night. Yep, You know? Because you see how the board falls, and somebody gets super hungry, they want their guy. The guy's there, and they're going to offer you a king's ransom for him. So, we'll see. If they just get somebody from Alabama, I think it's going to be a good <laughs> pick. I got a good. I, I got a good feeling. If they get somebody from Alabama, we're moving in the right direction. Or somebody from the southeastern conference in the first couple rounds. I think we might have kind of evolved or learned from past draft mistakes.
0: I'm worried. I'm I'm, 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 I'm I'm deeply worried. Uh, I'm deeply worried about them taking a defensive lineman based on analytics. Sure. You know, this guy does well in these situations. We project him to do this. We love this guy. I don't want any of that. I literally want after the pick for everybody in the room to go, yep, he's the best player available.
1: Think, I mean, think about this, Joe, and this this is really kind of scary, is that the last time these teams have taken decent receivers were Deshaun Jackson and Jeremy Lachlan. Yeah, yeah. And what was that? 13 years ago. Hey, how about this? The last time this team has taken admirable and decent cornerbacks, okay? How about this? Leto Shepard and Sheldon Brown. Yeah, That was like 15 years At ago. At least. It's not 18 years ago. Like and that's crazy. Like when you're John, a, it. those guys
0: were playing in the in the uh, title games in two thousand and two and two thousand and three. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know, I know. I, know. I hear you. And Listen, and, so, and, and so uh, I, I I would say ahead. this. I want I want a cornerback. I want a wide receiver. I want a lineman, and I want them early. And I want the best player there at those positions. Right? Like, yeah, because. When they get to 12, if Justin Fields is technically the highest guy on the board, I don't want Justin Fields. I don't want a quarterback. I don't want a defensive. I want wide receiver, cornerback, defensive cornerback, or offensive lineman, and I want whoever the Eagles head of scouting has as the best available at those positions in the first three rounds. I don't care which order, but that's who I want.
1: Right. Andy Widell. I mean, apparently, Andy Widell it came out that he wanted Justin Jefferson and how he went the other route oh, and went with Friker.
0: This is why so, this again, is what makes me yeah, nervous.
1: Exactly. You have scouts and you pay them good money for a reason. Yep. Use their knowledge. Okay. Listen to your coach's input. You know, they have a feel for these players. Stop thinking that, that, that you're smarter than everybody because, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. Okay. Your draft history in the last five years has been completely abysmal, abysmal. So let's get it right, and let's get Philadelphia excited about incoming draft picks. I can't tell you the last time where they picked somebody, and I'm like, yo, that was it. Again, last year's draft, the only pick that I was somewhat excited about is Kayvon Wallace. We'll see. He's coming in a year two. Hopefully he becomes an absolute beast, and hopefully I'm right again. But I'm with you. Let's just get some people that we can get on board with. Yep. My God.
0: Any thoughts on the Phillies before we get out of here? And honorable sure. Herrera coming up. And I know you had to spread the sure. love, so all you. Sure.
1: Sure. Yeah. Quick. Um. Quick. The Phillies. Um. The center field position. It'd be nice to get over a hundred points as far as batting average goes. Yeah, yeah. What a What a train wreck that is. The fourth and fifth starters. Um. It was so nice. We grabbed them off the scrap heap. Again, it's the same old things, and the problem is when your farm system is completely decimated and depleted because it was run like crap the last six, seven years, this is what you have to deal with. So it's unfortunate. As far as the Dubo Herrera comes up, people want him to have a second chance with a different organization. I get that as well. I also do get the fact that, you know, people make mistakes. I'm not saying what he did was right, not right at all. Maybe he should find a different opportunity, but... At the same time, I know a lot of people, including myself, have been given a second chance during some things, and, you know, you got to make the best of it and and move on and and evolve as a person, become a better person. I mean, we saw with Michael Vick, I mean, people hated the fact that the Eagles signed him, but he turned his life around. He he, he paid the price dearly. He did the time, and he's made a lot of, you know, made a lot of improvements in his life to become a better person. So we'll see what happens. Uh, my spread the love, I'll give you the spread the love. You want me to go right to the spread yeah. the love? Yeah, spread away. All right, let's go with the spread the love. We're going to go with Michael Visaki. He is a, uh, a an aspiring golf amateur golfer, you know, trying to make it at the professional level, and he is now going to be able to play in his first tournament because he won an amateur outing on Monday, and uh, the phone call that he had with his father is going uh, to bring a tear to anyone's eyes. Obviously, I don't have parents anymore, but just to see how proud he was to talk to his father. They sacrificed. I want everyone to keep in mind what your parents sacrifice for you um, and what they do to go through to help you achieve your dreams and to make you a better person. And it was just beautiful to hear the conversation between him and his father. And that's, you know, that's what we need in this world a little more, right? It's you want to do everything for your children to make them have a better life than the one you were given. And, I can speak from experience from my parents that have moved on to the higher ground. Um, they gave me a phenomenal life. I couldn't ask for a better life and everything that they sacrificed and what they did for me to get me to these places and to drive me to the practices, the sporting events, to just, just always be there for me. It's something special. And hopefully nobody takes that for granted. Cause I know I don't.
0: Well said Johnny made it. I don't think there's much I could add to that, my friend. So I don't have many thoughts on a Dubo or rare. I It is what it is, man. This is the world we live in, you know. Would I like to have seen him moved on and with another organization or out of baseball? Yes. Now he's up. Am I going to stop watching the Phillies? No. Am I going to necessarily root for him? I don't know. Uh, But this team is what it is. They're a 500 team. They're exactly what they've been the last few years. Is it maddening? Absolutely. Will they go on a run at some point? We can only pray to God because right now we're seeing a lot of the same stuff we've seen over the years. Inconsistency up and down the board and the Stars being the Stars to carry them through stretches, and it seems like nobody else can get a goddamn thing accomplished out there on the baseball field. And their defense is still shoddy as hell. All right, um, good stuff, brother. Appreciate the draft All insight and knowledge, and uh, enjoy the NFL draft. Hopefully we're not calling each other rattled as hell afterwards. Let's hope.
1: Let's uh, let's, let's be the – how about, you know, now that 2020 is here and gone, let this be the year that we have a
0: joyous draft, <laughs> right?
1: I mean, we can, it can't get any worse than it's been. No. So I think, I mean, we can only move up. So that's very encouraging.
0: Johnny a great stuff, brother. I'll talk to you soon, pal.
1: Thanks, I appreciate it. Thanks for all the support, everyone. Really appreciate you listening. Yep.
0: Thanks, thanks for today. everybody tuning in for John Maida, Joe O'Donnell, Go Birds, NFL draft right around the corner. This is the Brotherly Love Podcast on Twitter at Belove Podcast. Until next time, we'll see.